I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 189. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Our world is in love with love. It's the foundation of story and movies and songs. And this week, Need to Breathe sings about a hard love. It's the love that the Father shows us. It's a hard love because this love doesn't provide conflict avoidance. This love provides the strength and the courage that we need to endure what ultimately will develop in us the strength and the courage that we need to endure the next round. There's really an amazing guy I want you to meet in the Old Testament. But before we meet my good friend, Benny, let's listen. I know the situation can't be right. And all you ever do is fight. There's a reason that the road is long. It takes some time to make your courage strong. Hold on tight a little These lyrics are challenging. Uh, they aren't the feel-good message that we sometimes long for. And the Bible is full of those too, don't get me wrong. But this song taps into a reality I think we need a reminder of. What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. It's not just a cliche or a cute saying or even just good lyrics. There's a story after story after story in God's Word. There's story after story after story in life that makes this a valid truth. You know, this song reminds me of a character I've read about in the Old Testament. But before I introduce him to you, I want to tell you what Bible interaction tool exercises I used this week. Now, I call these bites. I have quite a few, and I don't use them all at once, or I don't use them every week even. Uh, I vary which ones I use because it keeps my time in God's Word varied. You see, I like this song, but I love God's Word more. I, I hope this podcast will inspire you to read God's Word for yourself. I'm going to take what I've been reading and pondering for over a week and share with you some thoughts on a 20-minute podcast. But if you will open God's Word for yourself, if you will take one or more of the bites and explore for yourself, pair your study with this song even, and bam! You'll have a new perspective. You'll have new knowledge. You'll have more for God to work with in your life as he reveals himself and changes you from the inside out. And you'll have a reminder of everything you've learned every time you hear the song. So 
I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm sure that after that we get going, you will discover that this song was not necessarily written about Benaiah in the Old Testament. And I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but Benny is who I thought of. There are other characters that you could explore when thinking about hard love. Uh, you may get into 2 Samuel and just get lost in some other story. And wouldn't that be an amazing problem to have, right? So this week I used the Bite, the Bible Interaction Tool exercise of exploring a topic. And it just so happens that our topic this week is a person. And then the next Bible Interaction Tool exercise is super important because when you're reading about people, you need to remember the characters you're reading about in God's word were real. That, that one's sometimes hard to remember because some of the guys that we're going to read about this week seem more like DC superheroes than real life men. But real life men, they were. And they bled, and they loved, they fought, they worried, they rejoiced. They, they were real. And we're going to make a list as we consider what we do know about Benaiah. But as, as we do, we're going to read our verses in context. So those are two more bites. Now, the context may be the verses before and after the verses you're exploring. It may be whole chapters before or after, but context is really important. It'll keep you from, well, taking things out of context, and it will enlighten your understanding. It's just a prudent practice. And you know, it's my favorite bite. If you never take another bite from me, take this one. The next time that your pastor, for example, uses a verse or a group of verses in service, go home and read the whole chapter. The next time that you pull out a devotion, devotions are wonderful, but we can't just read one verse and go on our merry way. Take that focus verse at the beginning, read the whole chapter, read it in context, or even read the chapter before and the chapter after. It'll give you kind of direction to go on. So let's head over to 2 Samuel 23 to learn about Benaiah. Now, Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Such were the exploits of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He too was as famous as the three mighty warriors. He was held in greater honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. Okay, when you read this chapter in context, you will see a description of the three and the 30. And so I hope that you'll actually do that. I hope you'll spend some time reading about them because honestly, this song could be uh, really be for all of them. But for today, I want to focus on Benaiah because it's easier to take the bite of remembering the character you're reading about is real when you focus in on one character. And so, in fact, here is where we will use the bite of making a list. <clears throat> Let's list out everything that we see about old Benny just in this section of scripture. So first of all, he is a son. It says he's Jehoiada's son. And it also indicates that his father was a valiant warrior. I read it in several translations, and depending on where the comma is, I don't want to get all grammatical on you, but um, basically the implication is that although obviously Benny's a valiant warrior, his father was as well. 
Benny performed great exploits. He struck down two of Moab's mightiest warriors. It says he went into a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion, which I think is just a really, I love the random facts in God's word. I just think it's neat. He struck down an Egyptian and not just any Egyptian, a huge Egyptian. Benny had a club. The Egyptian had a spear. Benny snatched the spear out of the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. Um, I put on my list, he was famous. He was honored and he was in charge of David's bodyguard. Okay, so if we're going to remember that the character is real, I want to take the first and the last point on the list I made and really think about it. So the first point was that Benny was a son, and the last point is that he was in charge of David's bodyguard. Okay, so the roles in our lives really make a difference in how we respond. So let me just explain. I'm a daughter and a mother, but I'm an only child, so While I may be a sister-in-law now as an adult, I don't really have the same experience as those of you listening with siblings, okay? So uh, when I read in context, so I'm thinking thinking about this role, the idea that Benny was a son, uh, the potential that he may probably had his own family. Um, So thinking about that, again, remembering that the character is real, I read in context. I actually went back to 1 Samuel chapter 19 and I read about David running from Saul and then kind of reviewed all of the battles he fought along the way. And I know that's a lot, right? So, but here's the thing. What, What I love about the Old Testament is its story. So you can go back and read these stories and really um, just kind of get the big picture of what was happening. And I'm not sure exactly when Benaiah was made David's bodyguard, but let's just assume that he was his bodyguard in 1 Samuel 30. So when you do, if you do this for yourself and you go back, let's say, to 1 Samuel 19 and read forward, consider every time it talks about David and his men, David and his men, David and his men, Benaiah was probably there with his men. He is one of his men, okay? So in chapter 30, it says this is what happens. David and his men reach Ziklag. They found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured and uh, they list their names. And David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. So again, I'm going to assume, remembering that Benaiah is real, I'm going to assume that he, even though he was David's bodyguard, that he probably had a family too. And if this is so, then Benny wept with David and the other men. I mean, it says they wept until they had no strength to weep. Have you ever seen a valiant soldier cry? I mean, I can only imagine the scene. You see, because they may be able to best giants, but they still have feelings and emotions and fears and loves. So when you read the story, you can only assume that one of the men closest to David, his own bodyguard, 
would have witnessed how David responded in this kind of situation. You see, because scripture says that David found strength in the Lord, his God. Now, I want you to read the story yourself to see what happens. I don't want to spoil it. You can read it all in 1 Samuel chapter 30, okay? But you see, it's in circumstances like these that I hear of folks actually losing their faith in God. I hear them say things like, he could have stopped it. You know, if God was really a God of love, he could have kept the Amalekites from taking our wives and children. (laughs) If God was really a God of love, he could have kept um, my grandmother from dying, or he could have uh, saved him from this accident. In fact, some of the the men in this scene, they cast blame on David, right? So it says they were bitter in spirit. They were broken men, all of them. The three that we talked about, the 30, all of the valiant warriors and the not so valiant warriors that served with David, they were broken. But you see, these times are what made them into the men they had become. These hard times made for strong men who relied on God. So let's go back to Benny. His dad was a valiant warrior. You know, I think to families of soldiers that I've met over the years, the ones where it seems like a foregone conclusion that they're going to serve their country. It was part, it's part of their DNA. It's in their blood. Um, I consider it another kind of warrior. One day I was at a football game with my mentor. She absolutely loves football, by the way. And she said, you know what? The Bible talks about warriors. This is a type of battlefield for these young men. This is a type of training ground for them to become warriors. And and I see it there, too. You know, grandfathers, fathers, sons, all playing for a school, generations of warrior athletes all passing down the will to fight and serve and persist and endure. So it wouldn't be that big of a stretch to assume that Benny learned more than a few lessons from his father about how to be a valiant warrior. Now, before we get into the specifics of some of the exploits that made him famous, we listed him earlier, but I do want to point out that he was famous and honored. You know, there are those who fight dirty, who have no integrity, who are not honorable, but this wasn't Benaiah. He suffered much. He fought hard, but he maintained his honor and he was honored. So let's move on to the hard love part. Okay. I love the lyric in our song. It says, there's a reason that the road is long. It takes some time to make your courage strong. Get back up because it's a hard love. Now, David did not draw Benaiah's name out of a hat and say, he's going to be my bodyguard. Okay. He chose him to be one of the most intimate warriors to a king. He chose him to be his personal bodyguard. But you have to understand that that road to get to that place of honor and that type of position, it's a long road and it takes time to make your courage strong enough to handle that kind of position. You see, because hard love is not merely protecting, it is preparing. Our prayers tend to be the prayers of protection kind. You know, keep us safe, bless our food, grant us favor. I don't know about you, but I st- I kind of shy away from the preparing kinds of prayers. Don't you? I mean, I don't find myself saying, send two giant Moabites and a lion and a huge Egyptian to help make my courage strong. 
Now, Benny was famous and he was honored because he endured. He allowed the hard love of God, the trials and the battles of life to prepare him to be the bodyguard to a king, to be a valiant warrior, to survive and thrive. You see, each exploit qualified him more for the next. But when we come across these types of circumstances in our lives, we don't see them as opportunities for growth, right? The Bible calls them exploits. We call them threats, conflicts, horrible, rotten, no good, terrible days. <laughs> you know, it's it's hard enough to encounter the man-eating beasts of life, but then to chase them, that's courage developed over time. We want ideal circumstances. You know, it says that he chased a lion into a pit on a snow on a snowy day and killed it. <laughs> so we were like, we we don't pray for blizzard conditions, but that's what that's what happened. It didn't say he speared a lion in a pen in the sunshine. He chased the lion into a pit on a snowy day. So this song, this story, this man that we've been talking about, they've all made me consider God's hard love, his willingness to prepare me rather than protect me, my willingness to chase lions and stand up to giants, knowing that each battle is real and it's hard and it's dangerous, but it's preparing me for the next and the next and the next and ultimately preparing me for the positions that God wants me to have in his kingdom. So what's next? I barely scratched the surface of Benaiah's story. There are more references if you want to track them down. I would love for you to follow some cross-references. His story didn't end with David, that's for sure. Um, you can read the stories of David and his men by reading First and Second Samuel. You recognize that Benaiah was most likely in that group and in those battles every time it was mentioned. And then make a list of your own. Ponder the prayers that you are praying. Are you praying prayers, uh, praying for protection or preparation? And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter, at michellekneezat, or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. So when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at TheOverflow.com. I also want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like Benjamin from Australia, Julie from somewhere in the U.S., Jenny from Kansas, Lisa from Louisiana, Diane from Texas, Heidi from New York, Kimberly from Tennessee, Jeffrey from Texas, Ivana from California, Charles from Illinois, Doreen from Illinois, Joanne from Texas, and Donna from Virginia. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website, they benefit from an email that I send once a week. Now, in, in that email, you will get a weekly smart, uh, memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop. You can even print it out. You will get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today.
Now, don't miss an episode of my podcast if you subscribe in iTunes. While you're there, would you leave me a written review and a star rating? It encourages me, of course, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Word of Life by Jeremy Camp to jump into scripture. So if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 189. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.